Welcome to the Cannabis Data Science Meetup. Thrilled to have you all here. As always, can't help but discover some new and interesting things by looking through the cannabis data that we have collected. So I will kind of want to share that with you. As always, since it is a meetup, trying to, you know, solicit your input. And also, it's a platform for everybody. So if you have any thoughts to put on the table, you're always welcome. So without further ado, I've got plenty to talk about, um, kind of looking at the brand Cookies in California. I know they're in other places, but for whatever reason, I was focused on California. So I've got some interesting data to share with you there. However, there's a lot of interesting things happening so caleb do you have anything exciting that you want to share with the group or just anything that you want to put on the table to talk about this week hey keegan thanks uh yeah we're just still uh continuing our work with the copyleft cultivars nonprofit, creating our uh ai agriculture assistant work um, and big shout out to everyone who supported us on Patreon and has made this development of these uh, community resources possible. So if people want to check us out there, get access, uh, early access to the beta test model for uh, now we have a couple different chatbots and a soon upcoming multimodal, um, so, so image and audio uh, model as well related to farming uh, and growing. Go ahead and uh, connect with our Patreon, Copyleft Cultivars Nonprofit. Um, and then, yeah, always networking. Uh, love the community here. So uh, feel free to email also copyleftcultivars at gmail.com um, if you have any interest in connecting. And yeah, thanks, Keegan. Hope to do some collaborations with some of the data that you uh, are also bringing to the table. I've been bringing to the table for years here. And uh, Anybody who hasn't checked that out, I uh, want to highlight the Canalytics GitHub has been pretty cool. I've been looking over that stuff lately as well. So, yeah, bouncing it back to you. But thanks. Thanks for the cool. opening and excited to hear your updates and anyone else's updates here. I love it. Thanks for the shout out. And you're right. The code's there. Go find the Canalytics code base. Pick through it. Find some interesting snippets that you can use. And we're always moving slow. You know me, I go bit by bit and kind of start with some of the fundamentals. And that's why I love seeing, you know, people like yourself at Copyleft Cultivars kind of pick up the ball and run with it and, you know, really start pushing the frontier. So I love seeing that. I'm just learning the basics, the fundamentals of some of these new AI machine learning models. So that's actually kind of what I have to share with you is uh, I dipped my toe in. So you can see a, a little bit of that. And I encourage a lot of people in the space to at least start dabbling in some of these new technologies that everybody's talking about. I know there's a lot of hype, but I think there's a lot of there there. You have to be wise, but I think there are some good use cases for some of these AI models. And I'll show you just a real, just quick trivial example today. But hey, uh, quick and trivial um, and easy is good. So I'll show you that. And then Caleb um, can take things further if you need that. So awesome, Caleb. Love it. Now, Daniel, happy to see you back today hopefully we'll keep you interested anything that you want to put on the table today you're always welcome to listen but if there's anything that we have you know caught your interest with in the past couple of weeks let us know or if there's anything that you want studied further just let us know okay thank you kin and help hi everyone Hey, Daniel, feel free to chime in at any time. Now, Graham, you were showing me some interesting charts the other day of some of these rare terpenes. 
that was an interesting way to go about looking at the data. So we were looking at the most prevalent terpenes and Graham turned it on its head and started looking for the rarest ones. So that's actually kind of an interesting approach, kind of trying to find rare genetics, like rare strains. So I kind of love that, that take on things. But anything you want to put on the table? Any thoughts, Graham? Um, yes. Thanks, Keegan, for the introduction. I guess what I want to add on there is that was not my original search. Um, through the data, I was actually trying to find um, just interesting tidbits about the data as a whole. I was going through principal components analysis and essentially the rare terpenes showed itself in uh, a certain strain. Um, great cakehead 19, if any of people had looked at the um, Jungle Boys COA. And I actually dug a little deeper in there and realized that um, that alpha terpinaline line, in addition to these rare terpenes, um, made the strain and outlier in the, in the Jungle Boys, but it also kind of is a classification scheme that some people had thought of with indica sativa, you know? So, yeah. Oh, I love it. And I think that there could even be a um, one of the, the cannabinoid types. Well, maybe not. I may be talking, but like you said, a high terpinaline strain. I think if I get that right, or alpha terpinaline. And there's a couple things going on there. One, that compound in and of itself may be rare. Two, the Jungle Boys may just not like that type of profile. So it could just be that they don't think it sells well or they're not a big fan of it. And so they just don't grow that type of cannabis. So what I think would be a fruitful extension is to now look in other data sets. So the maybe the California data set or maybe the Massachusetts results or anywhere else we have terpene data. We've got some old data from Michigan. And see, okay, is the alpha terpinaline just as rare in those markets? Um, and also maybe try to find similar strains. And so actually that's something that we'll talk, be talking about today is similarity. But there's measures of similarity. We've talked about a couple in the past, and I'll be actually introducing a new one today. Well, at least new to myself. Um, and yeah, exactly. You could yeah find similar strains. Um, so I don't know. I think there's there's more to that. So I I just love that that novel take on things, Graham. Thank you. And really, I think, or at least my hypothesis is it by regional market, you know? So maybe that is specific to Florida. And if they're testing for it, we saw some COAs the, a couple weeks ago that had a very limited terpene profile and they may, may or not have been testing for that one. So there's a lot, lot of ifs, but as we said, we're trying to puzzle this one out molecule by molecule. You found an interesting molecule, alpha terpinaline, and yeah, we can puzzle about. We, you know, we can think about that one um, and do some exploration. So, love it, Graham. Redhika, please correct me if I mispronounced your name. Welcome to the group. Happy to have you here. We're always trying to move cannabis research forward as we always say if only a molecule at a time so we'd love to hear you know what are some of your interests in the space 
anything you want to put on the table anything you want to add hi so this is radhika radhika yes welcome so, yeah it's my first session with you guys and wanted to explore what all things you specifically focus on and what are the data sets available and what do you guys do in this group so let's see what interests me i love it love it love it love it we've yeah. been looking a lot at lab results because we were just interested in the chemistry of cannabis okay and stay to the end and also if you found us on linkedin or if you do find us on linkedin you know give the post some like or toss a comment in there um and after the meetup, I'll share with you a small but interesting data set. So today we're, well, at least I started looking at the brand Cookies in California. And it's been interesting to think about, okay, how do we segment the data? And we were just like scattershot looking at everybody. And there's a plethora of data. And so sometimes that gets overwhelming. And so I found it was fruitful to kind of go company by company, state by state. So we started to look at just a couple singular companies. So I looked at a company in Florida, uh, the Jungle Boys, a couple weeks ago. We looked at a hemp slash THCA flower producer, Flow Gardens. Then last week, we did a California analysis where we just kind of looked at results as a whole in California. And then can, can I get the recording or any data that you did last week on California? It's definitely on GitHub and I'll make sure the link isn't available in the chat below. So I'll make sure that's available, you know, but you know, message me if you can't find it. And as always, if you find the data useful, you know, give a thumbs up on LinkedIn or a star on GitHub. And those are just, you know, little, I mean, essentially free ways that you can really, really help out the group. Um, so just, you know, a star on GitHub goes miles. So we really appreciate that. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Definitely. And as I always, I try to share the data. We're, we're you know, we try to pursue public cannabis data in whatever avenue it may be our philosophies you know we're not just going to sit around and wait for something to fall into our lap although that happens sometimes but we actually go out there and find it and get it um and so the data set that i found and i'll uh, share with you today was it's just a very very small one but as i said i was starting to explore cookies checked out their website and sure enough at least for Florida, they're listing their certificates of analysis for their products. So just manually went through, found all the URLs um, to their lab results for their products. Um, it's a small data set, it's just 30, but I'll share that with you. And then it actually made me start thinking, well, you know, Cookies has their map, and I'll share it with you later, of all their locations all over the United States. So they're in Florida. So we have some results there. Also realized that we actually have collected some of uh, Cookies product results for California. I just haven't parsed them yet. So I actually realized there's an error in our parsing routine. So it happens, happens to the best of us. And I wasn't um, parsing all of the results for all of the labs. So if you notice, there was maybe 17 labs, but we only had results for maybe 10 of them. So I'm gonna have to actually go back through and make sure we, we get the rest. But basically, that, you know, that's sort of the work I'm doing each week. If you have any novel ideas for work um, or, projects you know by all means pursue them like for example caleb's doing a real cool cultivation project but that's the idea is any sort of cannabis data we try to collect 
think of interesting hypotheses, so questions that we want to ask about the data, and then use the data to try to answer those questions. And basically the, the question, at least on my mind, and I'll share with you how I went about solving it, or not solving it, but at least um, studying it, was there, you know, for example, I always try to try to follow the the news to a certain extent um, because it's kind of like history unfolding and I'm a huge history fan. I love to tie in all these different fields of study into data science and history is one of them. So I'll kind of share some of that with you today. So, you know, some of the history about, you know, this company cookies, um, some of the news stories and then the data and we just kind of try to paint a picture to just get a better understanding of the cannabis landscape. So, for example, who exactly is involved in the company's cookies, right? So if you read the news, um, a character burner is often, you know, credited with starting and running cookies. But he gives another person, Jay, a lot of credit for developing their Girl Scout cookies strain. And I don't know, I just think it paints a rich picture to start to, you know, connect some of these dots, just start to understand the people, the companies, the plants, you know, the products. Yeah, so that's what we've been collecting data on, and I'll share some statistics with you today. And then that's kind of where I leave it often, and maybe you can pick things up and run with it, is, hey, we collect the data, we kind of do a little bit of literature review, calculate some statistics, and then those are all things that are now in your tool belt. You now have a better understanding, more information about the cannabis industry. You now have techniques that you can use to analyze cannabis data. And you have statistics, which are mightily powerful. So now, say you're in conversation with people, maybe you attend some town hall, um, they're talking cannabis policy. Now you actually have cold hard facts, statistics that you can use. and. I don't know, it, it just goes a long way when when you're, say, talking cannabis public policy, if you actually know what's going on. Um, so, for example, there's been all this hot topic, this hot um, controversy about the, the cookies brand. Um, so while people are making their hot takes, we can at least have a deeper understanding about the brand. So, um, so that way, I don't know, we, we just kind of know more than just the, a, a passerby or about cookies. And so, I don't know, I, I just think that's valuable. Sure. And that was the motivation that excited me to join the group and have conversation with you guys. So that I can also start with some of the data and then work on it, get the statistical uh, values about it and then can have a strong say on any of the topic. I love it, Radhika. And that's the what I'd say is the first rule of data science is sure. look at the data. Exactly. Data speaks better than us. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how many people never even look at the data. Um, and so that just puts you, you know, one step ahead and, you know, if it's a skill that's in your skill belt looking at data, then you know it's not, not too hard. It just um, but I love it. I'll get this in your hands. Take a look and share with us if you want, if you find anything interesting. Because as I always say, put a good data scientist like yourself in front of some of this cannabis data and you just can't help but find something interesting. Love it, ready go. Now Philo. Welcome. I know you I know you've attended before, I want to say. We'd love to hear your input for today. You know, anything on your mind, 
Anything that you want to make sure is included? Uh, hey, nope. I think I'm uh, just here to listen and absorb. Love it, Thilo. Always welcome. As I said, just lending your ears and your attention and your interest helps an extraordinary amount. Now, Virgil, you had some really interesting input the other week on the subtypes, and that sent us on a pretty fruitful chase. And there's still more work to be done there, surely. But we'd love to hear if you have any more thoughts you want to put on the table, any ideas or anything at all. Uh, hi. Um, so I remember from last week that uh, we saw a lot of plots. Uh, where we were plotting uh, THCA against the Delta 9 variant. So can you explain what they are, like probably in layman terms? They're, so if you think way back to chemistry class, right, there's the, the elements, right? And a lot of life is basically just made of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. And basically, THCA and delta 9 THC are basically just both two different molecules. They're just collections of carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen. But I mean, maybe there's a nitrogen in there, but I don't think so. Um, so double check me on that. And once again, some someone who's actually studied chemistry is going to laugh at me. But they're basically just two different molecules, and plants are notorious for producing molecules. Someone once described plants to me as chemical factories. And cannabis is a real interesting plant, as we all know, in that it creates these molecules that essentially work in the, the human brain to a certain extent, or at least in uh, the human body. Um, so people have known for a long time that there's a, you know, a psychoactive effect um, to consuming cannabis. And then I want to say an Israeli scientist um, mentioned that maybe was the first one to kind of you know do the chemistry and figure out, okay, this is the molecule. And um, he may have even done the work to say, oh, this is kind of like why it you know affects the body. So that's basically the the rationale behind it. It's okay, there's a molecule in there. It affects the body. And, you know, way back in the, it was pretty much the, the, the 60s or the early 70s when these molecules were really being discovered. And I don't think society really knew how to handle them. Um, so as we know, cannabis was prohibited before then, but I don't think it was really until like maybe the 60s or like 1970 when they really started to crack down on them. Yeah. Um, so like I said, I just don't think people really understood these psychoactive chemicals. They're first being discovered. What first reaction? Let's ban them. Um, um, and so Delta 9 THC is now prohibited. Oh, I uh, see. I see. Um, um, so for a regular... Long, long answer, but what... what, what... Yeah. Yeah, that that's that 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 did on that answers my question. So uh, my next question would be like, so for uh, for a regular derivative, like, uh, what do we expect? Like, does it mean uh, does it mean that if we have more THCA, then we will expect less delta nine, or do we expect the proportion uh, in the in the same content? Ooh, phenomenal question. Um, so. This is now going to get into the plant chemistry and, you know, where I'm really starting to pick up as slowly as I can. But, okay, so the plant's generating these molecules. From my understanding, it's primarily happening in, like, the, like the trichomes on the plant, like these little stalks. Um, they're generating molecules, and I think they're primarily generating, like, CBGA, which is like a complex molecule. And complex molecule. Yeah. Yes. 
And I think it may undergo some chemical reaction, perhaps even in the trichome of the plant. Um, in that, and it kind of turned, once again, I could be butchering this, and it may not come from CBGA, but I think there's, like there, it's almost like a like a small little chemical reaction going on in the trichomes of the plant, and I want to say the plant's basically generating CBGA, and then that's kind of going through a reaction and turning into THCA, and maybe CBDA too, and so th different plants depending on the genetics will kind of have a different process. That's why some plants crank up high amounts of CBDA. Some of them crank up high amounts of THCA. Um, so it just kind of depends on the process, which kind of appears to depend on the genetics. And then those compounds aren't entirely stable. And so it does appear that THCA then breaks down into Delta-9 THC. Um, and so that's kind of where things get interesting, where the psychoactive part is the delta-9, which is kind of the THCA breaking down. And so how can it break down? Well, it can break down by heat. And so that's why people smoke cannabis. And so it's when you, you know, you put the little trichomes, you know, in a pipe, light it on fire, then all of a sudden the THCA turns into delta-9 THC, you know, and it goes into the body. For this, for my understanding. And so I think when, say, they test the raw flower and they're measuring both THCA and delta-9 THC, it makes me think that some of the THCA is basically degrading into delta-9, maybe in the trichome, or perhaps while they're measuring it, maybe the trichomes burst. Um, I don't know, I don't know. But then, you know, they're basically detecting both THCA and Delta-9 in the cannabis flower. And just from the brief look at the data, where we were kind of seeing what appeared to be a slight negative correlation at the top end, where perhaps, um, if your plant tests higher in Delta-9 THC, it may test lower in THCA. Um, perhaps that's like degradation going on in the plant. Um, but it sounds like you are describing a positive correlation, like between the THCA and the Delta-9. Well, it's... Well, it's actually the classic um, two different effects going on where there's probably some sort of positive correlation between THCA and Delta-9 THC, where the more the plant produces THCA, the more Delta-9 there is. Right, right. But then there's also probably a negative correlation where that's just the plant growing well now you've harvested it um, and it's curing or maybe you didn't harvest it um, at the right time or there's some sort of like heat exposure while you're transferring the sample to the lab something like that and so there's probably also um, like a negative correlation um, at that extent so like if that makes sense. So while yeah, you're saying that a lot of places can get the result fluctuate, right? Well, basically, while the plant's growing, you right. would expect them both to be increasing at the same time. But then once the plants harvested, the THCA is going to be at its maximum. And then over time, it will just start gradually diminishing. Right. The delta nine um, would start increasing. And, I see. And, and that's, that economists love this kind of thing, actually, because it, in a scatter plot, it's just going to look like noise. It's just going to look like a bunch of dots all over the place. Yes, yes. 
I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, because that's that actually motivates my question. Yeah, exactly. And this actually could motivate some really good analysis. Um, so we and actually uh, Morgan's point from a couple weeks ago, where you may want to look at between strain variation. Um, or something like that. Um, because there probably would be, like we said, like so probably a natural positive relationship there. But if you could kind of disentangle, um, and maybe you have your own independent data sets you can supplement with this, right? So if you have like curing time, um, we could kind of have some data points like this, like time of harvest, time of test. So when was the plant harvested? When was it tested? Um, maybe the longer you wait, the higher the delta nine is. So, so yeah, exactly. I think you'd actually have to look for like um, another, like a hidden variable. So how long was the plant cured? How long was it tested? Was it tested on a hot day of the week? I don't know, you can be creative. <laughs> Um, I see a lot of factors here. I love I love it though, Virgil. I love how you're thinking. Thank you. Love it. Well, on that note, should we take a look at some of this cookies data? It's a pretty just short but sweet analysis. Unless, um, actually, Morgan, I was kind of letting everybody kind of do a you know a quick chance to put any thoughts on the table, and I saw you just joined. So if you want to put any thoughts on the table for today, you're you're welcome to. Uh, thanks. I don't have anything specific this week. I just got back from PitCon, so that was a great experience. Um, had a lot of fun there and looking forward to the talk today. Well, if you could like sum up in like one quick sentence, what was sort of the on everybody's minds? Like what was sort of the I don't know, the theme from like keeping your ears open? What were people talking about? Yeah, so um, I talked a little bit about proficiency testing for cannabis, and then there was also um, some networking sessions that were about um, getting standards for cannabis. So not just for cannabis testing, but for terms and conditions to use, um, or sorry, terms and definitions to use. And then um, we also did have some cannabis regulators that were attending the show. So that was interesting to hear their thoughts. Get your paperwork in order. So that it's it's boring but underrated. Just um, the SOPs, and in fact, that's maybe a nice segue into into the just the material I have for today. So I'll share my screen with you. And how am I going to segue SOPs into cookies? Well. Cookies is a brand started by Burner. And I was reading all these interviews that Burner did and you know all the news um, about the, the cookies brand. And one thing that Burner says that he looks for in companies to basically do branding or licensing deals with cookies is he you know looks at people's SOPs. Um, he listed a handful of factors like, oh, you know, which strains are people currently growing? So he kind of wants to know things like that. So, right? So if Burner thinks it's important, then maybe that's something that we could look at too. So, you know, which strains are growing or people growing? So, anywho, this first from an article of September of 2022. And then at that time, Burner claimed that cookies had 52 retail stores. And well, that's a data point. Or actually, it's a statistic, right? It's a total, right? That's the total number of stores that are branded by cookies. So whenever somebody puts forth the statistic, we can always go back and double check it. And so I was trying to do a national count of all the cookies licenses but I, basically at the last hour i realized that i was more or less just looking at california just 
I don't know, maybe due to some labeling of my data. So for whatever reason, today's just going to be limited to California, but it still ends up being an interesting analysis and leaves the door open for somebody to beat me to the national analysis. And two more statistics that are, I think, worth noting because it kind of gives us uh, a, a goal or a maximum that we can shoot for. So basically, he claims that Cookies has 70, 70 proprietary strains. Once again, probably not patented because I don't know if there's 70 plant patents, but you know they're 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 prized possessions and they're they have you know 2000 products so i'm sure the flower plus all the concentrates awesome so as i mentioned we've been on our lookout for certificates of analyses and as i mentioned um have seen 30 in florida and a few dozen in California that I still need to parse and make available to you. So we're going to postpone the chemical analysis of cookies products, but I think that'll still once again be a fruitful analysis that if any of you intrepid, ambitious data scientists want to beat me to it, then some things that are basically on my to-do list is I kind of want to compare, say, the Jungle Boys and the cookies products in Florida, and ideally with some of the other brands there too, like um, Cura Leaf. I don't think we have many, but we have a few Truly COAs, um, and then Move, um, and some other Sunburnt, I want to say. There's some other brands in Florida we'd like to look at. Plus, maybe look at a state-by-state -state comparison. How does cookies Florida compared to cookies in California and as a whole how does cookies products compare to just say California cannabis in general or just the whole cannabis ecosystem as a in general right I think that would be interesting to study so like what is it that makes like a cookies cannabis product special compared to all the other products out there so that's going to be a super interesting analysis as i said it was on the agenda for today but it was just too much um and I've, as i mentioned i still have a bit more data wrangling to do so that will be coming um, this is a, a rare glance at jai chang who is reportedly the breeder of Girl Scout cookies, one of the most famous cannabis strains of all times. I want to say in my reading that I want to say this one was cultivated maybe back around 2011 or so. Once again, don't hold me to it, but I think that's what I read. And has been making waves. So this will be another fruitful analysis and Caleb, I may leave this up to you since this is right up your alley. But one of the tools that I've been looking at is this clever way of searching. And so we can now, you know, search through all the cannabis strains and find all the cookies, you know, find all the strains that may or may not be descendant from Girl Scout cookies and kind of measure just what an impact it may have made. So I think that's fun um but this is you know the man behind the legend of the strain that is the strain behind the brand legend uh cookies so i don't know just kind of wild so his, his it's history being made right in front of us i won't go too too deep into this right just to kind of keep it um light and surface level but this is phenomenally interesting for you data scientists out there. As we've all can't help but have heard about nonstop, incessantly for the past year now has been OpenAI 
and their large language models. Well, I started, you know, pawing through all the documentation, you know, trying to, you know, figure out, you know, what is all there and how is it useful? But one of the kind of building blocks that underlies a lot of this are what they call embeddings, which is basically taking X and turning it into Y, a unique Y. So in this case, it's basically just taking words or names and turning them into a series of numbers. And then basically you can take that series of numbers and um, as uh, Graham was mentioning with principal component analysis, this is kind of like that, where you basically just view that long list of numbers in however many dimensions you want. In this case, we just want to look at it in two dimensions. So this is basically just a pretty ingenious way of visualizing the differences in words or text. Um, and so this is basically like a visualization of of all these cannabis business names. And the idea is you can basically find the ones that are close to each other. So here I labeled all the, the cookies. And what's interesting is for whatever reason, cookies Palm Springs is is way out there in the middle of nowhere, um, kind of like Palm Springs. Well, but the rest of them are pretty well clustered. Um, but anywho, I was just kind of playing around with this a bit. Um, so here's, here's if you kind of zoom in on that cluster. And I don't know, it's it's not perfect, but it's an interesting way to search. So basically, like if you tried to find the 20 most similar names to cookies, then this is what you would get. So, you, you know, you get things like, you know, the cookie company, which probably is unrelated. And then it's funny, you kind of get all these close, but not so close words like the bakery um baked betty's cloud confections so i don't understand why those ones are showing up so close um just baked um it, it's interesting so for whatever reason maybe um, these embeddings put cookies close to the word bake um, but re regardless, it's it's sort of an, an interesting way to search. Um, so I'll let you kind of play around with that for a bit. But besides, I, I think like the, the trivial way this could be used. So here's um, where I'm searching for names. Is it, I think you could use it for fuzzy search on like a like a website, which like I said, that's really low-hanging fruit, um, but it's a practical use case that most websites could implement. You know, if you have search on your website, um, and so, you know, say people are searching for strain names, this is a brilliant way that you can do these fuzzy searches. So these are lists of owners so it's you know this big long list um and once again you can always just do control f but i think this works well if you say have a misspelling or a close spelling but here i just searched for you know gilbert malam um and then you you know you find you know gilbert anthony malam um and then that's kind of mixed in with a bunch of text. Um, so once again, I'm gonna move on because I don't want to go too, too deep into the machine learning rabbit hole, but that was me just trying to basically learn the basics of how this works. And it basically looks like, 
you know, you just visualize this big space of text and it's all about like finding these texts that are uh, close to each other. So, so that, so that's, that's kind of interesting. Okay. This is where I think things get super interesting and um, I'll just more talk about this rather than, you know, zoom in too much. Um, you know, if you're interested in, you know, finding out about the specific people, then, you know, you're welcome to. But as I mentioned, the, the you know, the two kind of famous people are Berner and Jay. And so one of our members, Dr. Ruth Fisher, had brought up that it would be kind of pertinent to know how these licenses are connected. And so the example I gave was, let's say, you know, brother A gets a license in, you know, his or her name. It, well, it's a brother. So. Um, and then, you know, someone else gets a license in, you know, person B's name. Uh, Okay, let's just say they're brothers because this is actually an example here. There, there's uh, two brothers involved uh, in this company, right? So, and this is actually a real case example in here. Um, um, so these are also uh, kind of famous people. People. So there's, you know, Parker Berling um, and his brother Seth Berling. And so basically, the idea is okay, you know. I want to say, um, yes. So Parker Berling is on a license with um, with Berner. You know, you know, Seth Berling has a license, um, and then you know, on then on a different. And then on that license maybe is also Parker Burling. So it's basically like we're almost playing like the, you know, the, the seven degrees from Kevin Bacon or so to speak, where it, we're basically just kind of making the, the connections. So what I did here was kind of count the number of licenses that each person has their name on. Um, and so that corresponds to the size of the node. So the larger the node, the more licenses that someone has their name on. Um, and then the connections are basically between people that are both on the same license. Um, so, so basically, you know, this person is not on any licenses with Burner but they're on you know a license with the same name as someone who is on you know a license with another person and then that was had the name of someone who is a license at another company so it's kind of a stretch to be honest that you would really call all of these companies cookies companies um, and in fact, there could be basically some, I guess what you'd call false positives, where there's probably some license holders here that are probably definitely not associated. I mean, maybe not, but there, there's a chance that they're not associated with cookies, right? It could just be, you know, you're on one license, um, you have got to share there. I, yes. So I think it's basically the relationships, I think, could be so loose that I don't know, maybe, you know, some of the licensees on the fringe would not even consider themselves remotely like a cookies company um but they're just kind of you know connected in just some really indirect fashion 
threw people, you know, to, you know, to burner. Um, so I don't know. I I found this um, super interesting, and you know, I don't really know what to make of it yet. Um, but I just thought this was kind of like taking it one step further because basically if you just did a count of, oh, you know, what are all the licenses that, you know, Burner has his name on, then it, you like at first look, you know, it may just look like a couple of licenses. But then if you, you know, try to figure out, okay, you know, well, you know, Burner's a co-owner with, Parker Berling and, you know, Parker Berling has a bunch of licenses. Um, are all of those considered cookies companies? Maybe, maybe not. Um, and then let's say there's a license holder on one of those. And then they also have another license. Or is that a cookies brand? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I just kind of think this is a almost the the way I would describe it is this is what I would call like a network of people who indirectly wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing cookies doing well, um, right? So I don't think they would maybe probably most of them wouldn't benefit directly um, from you know cookies success but it's sort of like you know if if your friends do well then you know maybe right like a rising tide lifts all boats um so who knows um you know if, if one of the cookies companies does well you know it could end up filtering through all the different licenses but it could be entirely meaningless but I don't know. It just was an interesting network. And so proceeding on the assumption that that's the cookies network, although we know that probably many of those licensees are, are I don't know, not like false. I don't think false is the right word, but um, incorrectly included. So it, it is what it is, but it's basically just trying to get a rough count of, you know, how many like cookies related licenses are there um, and where are they located? So once again, as I said, I've kind of given you all the reasons why the statistics could be wrong. So just keep that in mind. But it looks like a lot of them are in Los Angeles. So Los Angeles, 35 tangentially related licenses. With, you know, a handful in Fresno, a bunch in the San Francisco, well, not a bunch, but, you know, the smattering in the San Francisco Bay Area, all the way up to the Emerald Triangle, and all the way down to San Diego. Um, I was going to actually give you a comparison, and maybe I should have. Um, well, do you want a slight tangent, or <laughs> fine? Well, here I'll give you a, a slight tangent since. Uh, why not? It's kind of on my mind. Uh, bah, 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 bah. So just to kind of give you a comparison, um, I started to look at another brand, Canacraft. And basically the reason I started to look at them, they have a whole other interesting story, and I think it'll be too much for today, but they're um, another noteworthy company to look at, and they're ones that I saw, I was look, going through records, and I saw that, oh, Canacraft at one point shared a license with Jay, Jay Chang from Cookies Co., but it looks like that relationship 
may have gotten severed and they're you know there's they're actually suing each or one of the one of the parties is suing the other um so i don't think they're necessarily friends um and so that's actually a prime example about how just because you once shared a license with someone does not necessarily mean you're the same company because we could have accidentally said that oh Tanacraft and cookies are the same company um, and maybe at one point they had a, an agreement together, but now it looks like they're they're butting heads against each other. And I just wanted to put them on the map just to kind of put these two companies in perspective. And, you know, here's Canacraft, and they have a ton of licenses in Lake County and some in Sonoma and a bunch in San Diego. Um, and I just thought that was interesting uh, because it's almost like these two companies, um, I guess maybe they were trying to maybe form a pack, but they may or may not have worked out to, worked out well. Because as you see, you know, Cookies, um, what was that county? Lake. They have no licenses in Lake County or no related licenses and then uh, a couple in sonoma so i i just thought that was interesting where you know these two maybe were looking at doing a deal together um and they you know may i mean combined they'd be a powerhouse in california but as i mentioned i uh, i don't think it worked out between them but but anywho i just kind of wanted to to show that to you just so you can kind of start to get a you know an idea of this and the final dimension i want to show you so that's the geographic air the space dimension well may as well show you the time dimension too while we're at it and so this is just the date that the various licenses were issued um, I di didn't actually look at expiration date. I probably should have. I was just moving quick. Um, that would actually just cross my mind now. I probably should have like subtracted the ones that may have expired. But this is just when various licenses were issued to cookies. Um, and so assuming none of them have expired, then the people in the, you know, the cookies network, and as I said, the the cookies network may or may not have uh probably not does probably does not have a perfect overlap with like the the cookies network probably does not have a perfect overlap with like the cookies brand slash company it's just my you know i don't know like a approximation like i said it's a network it's something different right it's not like a company these are just you know people tangentially related in business through business licenses you know it is what it is um so if all of those people were all considering themselves part of cookies then you could say that wow you know cookies may have you know north of 100 licenses um in California alone, but like I said, um, probably probably less than that because probably some of these people probably consider themselves their own independent businesses. But I don't know that that's my take on it. So make of it what you will. So as we've seen, the cookies brand there's there's hot takes on both sides. There's obviously lots of people who love the cookies brand. And there's some people who are mad at cookies about their their strains. Um, and that's kind of the fun and the controversial part of the cannabis industry is, right? It, and this is, I think, where I may want to end it because this is really what captured my interest is I think all of you know of a pretty famous company that started in a garage. It's now 
a verb google right and it's just kind of like just like so american right it's just like uh like this is like the american story right um where it's you know this character jay maybe didn't want to do things by the orthodox manner and hey at least in california medical cannabis was sanctioned by the state and he used his creative interpretation of the law started growing cannabis and you know had some good foresight i'm sure put in a ton of hard work and has you know rumor has it that you know the cookies brand is now potentially you know a billion dollar brand i mean it's definitely we i mean if you count up all those licenses you know how much is a california cannabis license worth you know their licenses alone are probably valued in the millions of dollars so it's just i don't know it's just the wildest story where you have somebody grew up in san francisco started growing cannabis in maybe a little bit of a, a gray fashion but put in the time the effort the dedication the passion cultivated a world-renowned cannabis variety girl scout cookies and it's a something a plant a product that people love so much um thanks how could we not to the you know partially to the the help of burner to to really you know sound the the noise machine and you know tell people about it so i don't know so basically you know together with potentially you know you know a hundred other or more people at the deck you know have built this what's beginning to be like a little bit of a cannabis empire so i don't know any thoughts comments questions i i just thought it was a uh, a little bit of a wild story that was i don't know worth being told since it's kind of history unfolding or history happening as we watch okay any thoughts comments questions We'd love your input that next week could get back to chemistry so just let me know if you know it was a little dry this week or there's something specific you want next week on that note one of my favorite sayings and i'll kind of use it as the 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 insight for the week today <laughs> yeah yeah we'll work on the moisture content for next week speaking of dryness we'll start working on moisture next week if you give a licensee a cookie dot 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 you know they're gonna want something else to go with it and I don't know. I think that's sort of the the lesson for today. You know, if you give a cannabis consumer a cookie, bah, 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 you know, they're going to want some you know, cookies and cream to go with it. <laughs> so, so anywho, it was sort of a, a lighthearted day for today. This sort of this network analysis was kind of on the back burner and needed to be done. I don't know if I did the best job at it definitely didn't finish it there's still a lot more to be done but i wanted to poke at it for today i wanted to you know talk about the cookies brand because they've been in the news so wanted to yeah, see what we could learn about them and as i said next week 
if you're if you want and there's no objections we can turn back to lab results and some more interesting analyses there got some sales data that's still in the oven may not be ready for next week but thank you all for tuning in couldn't do it without you your eyes your ears your attention your brilliant thoughts ideas comments and questions it all moves the ball forward and if you really want to contribute find canlytics on github give us a star find us on linkedin show us some love there and if you really really want to help check out the canlytics website find our donation link um, and check out open collective where we're accepting some donations um but you don't have to feel um, obligated to donate we you know we're a a for-profit business at the end of the day right so we'll be doing data analytics but if you do give us a star on github or a thumbs up on linkedin as i mentioned those are costless ways for you to really really contribute to the group so thank you all on that note go get on out of here keep advancing cannabis science and tune in next week for a pretty interesting analysis thank you all